The following talk is from St. Michael's Fowell, a gospel-centered community for Fowell, Teddington and beyond. Our passion is to see every life following Jesus. For more information, visit our website, stmichaelsfowell.co.uk. In a second, we're going to turn to the part of the service where we look at the Bible and hear from God in his word. We've been looking at the Ten Commandments, uh, a really important part of the Bible in Exodus, where God gives his law to his people, and um, Toby's going to come and give that to us. Before we get there, we are going to have the reading, which he's going to bring, and it's actually in uh, part of the Bible, Acts chapter 4, so that's on page 1096, uh, so feel free to turn in your Bible to that. And so starting at verse 32. The believers share their possessions. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there was no needy person among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. Amazing. Thanks so much, Lisa. Um, Hi, everyone. Good evening. Great to see you. My name's Toby. I'm an assistant minister here at St. Michael's, and uh, it's really good to be with you tonight. Um, we are going to get to that passage a little bit later, um, but if you want to flick back in your Bibles to Exodus 20, um, it's on page 78, um, that's where we're going to start. Um, there will be a handout coming around at some point. Um, various verses that I mentioned are going to appear on the screen, um, and so don't worry about sort of flicking around, um, you should be able to read them there. Great, I'll, I'll pray, and then we'll, we'll look at this together. Father, our our good and loving God, uh, worthy of all our worship, um, worthy of our whole lives, uh, Lord, it is is right that we listen to you, right that we obey you, um, and we can do that trusting, knowing that um, you are for us uh, in everything, because you've sent your son, uh, you gave him for us, therefore, why, uh, how could we not trust you? Um, So Lord, we pray that we would trust you now as we hear your word to us, thank you that you speak to us. Um, through your word and um, thank you for how your spirit applies your word to each of our hearts individually help us to be open to all that you want to say to us tonight and all that you want to do uh, so we give you this time amen amen so tonight we are continuing our series in the ten commandments which are ten words from god that teach us how to live rightly Uh, how to honor him, how to obey him, how to live well in a way that leads to our flourishing and the flourishing of others. These commandments are how to live a life of love. Romans 13, verses 9 to 10, uh, which will be on the screen, says this, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. 
This is Paul writing in the New Testament and uh, saying that these, these laws, and do not steal is in there, which is what we're looking at tonight, are given by God to teach us how to love. They show us how to love. And today, uh, we are up to the eighth commandment. You shall not steal. Eighth commandment, Exodus 20, verse 15. You shall not steal. What exactly does that mean? You shall not steal. Um, I think it means that uh, we are to recognize the reality of belonging. Recognize the reality of, of belonging. Um, some things belong to other people, and some things belong to you. And that is real. The Bible recognizes that as a reality. That's not an illusion. That is, uh, that is something real. And so this command essentially, uh, very simply, means do not take for yourself what belongs to someone else. Big things, small things, anything that belongs to someone else is not for us to take. Very simply, that's it in a nutshell. Um, I could sit down, I won't. There's, there's more we could go into. Why? Why has God given us this command? Um, why is it wrong, actually, to steal? Let's take a moment to think about that. I don't know if you've ever had anything stolen from you. You probably have. Most, most of us have. Um, not that long ago, I uh, put my bike out along against a bike rack on Stanley Road, went inside the uh, barbers to get my hair cut, came out 40 minutes later, um, and stared at this empty space where my bike had been and was no longer. And uh, it had gone. Um, and I suspect I'm not the only one in this room who's had a bike stolen. Anyone else want to put their hand up? Uh, yeah, that is, that is ridiculous. Um, yeah, uh, around here, most people seem to have had a bike stolen at some point or another. Um, that was completely my fault. I, I did not lock my bike up. Um, I'm a country boy at heart, uh, not raised on the mean streets of Hampton and Teddington and Fulwell and uh, Twickenham. Um, but if you've had that experience uh, or, a, or a similar one, um, what did it, it feel like to you? Uh, why, why is it so horrible? It's so, it's so weird. You, you stare at this space where what was there before is no longer and you, you're just racking your brain thinking, did I, did I leave it there? I'm sure I did. Um, but it's not there. Um, it's, it's disorienting and it's, it's jarring. Um, something's not there that, that should be. And then when you realize it's, it's because someone else has taken it, um, it feels horrible. It feels invasive. It feels like someone has, has stepped into your world. And there's all sorts that then goes along with that. There can be an emotional loss, depending on what was taken, but often um, these things matter to us. They mean something. They, they have memories attached to them, um, experiences that can't be replaced, and, and that's sort of been snatched away from you. Sometimes there's financial loss um, if you need to um, replace what it was. And again, like me, you haven't insured it or done anything like that. Um, there's, there's financial loss there. Um, there's a loss of trust um, there's a lot of, uh, there's kind of an erosion of, of just sort of a general sense of, of trust and safety and security. And the bubble burst for me. This is, this is not paradise on earth, apparently, um, as, as lovely as it all seems. Um, stealing 
does harm. Uh, psychological harm, emotional harm, financial harm. Um, stealing does harm. That's, that's one reason that it's wrong. And then imagine, what if when something was stolen from you, um, and imagine that you knew who had done it, what if, imagine that you went immediately to, to their house and you, you stole from them in retaliation. So they take your bike, you break in and take their laptop. They come back, they take your car, you take their house. It just escalates. Um, society would break down, wouldn't it? Society can't function like that. Um, stealing erodes social cohesion. There's no way a society can function if, if everyone just steals from each other. And that is another reason why God has given this law. Because he knows what's needed for human society to function and to flourish. He wants our society to work. Another reason is that stealing is also an, an act of unbelief. It's the opposite of trusting in God. By stealing, we're saying to God, I do not trust you to provide me with everything that I need. And so I will go and take it and get it for myself. That's what we're saying when we steal. So those are uh, just a few reasons why stealing is wrong, why I think God has given us this command. We harm ourselves, we harm each other, we harm society, and it's driven by unbelief. What, what does it say about God that he's given us this command? It says that he cares. He cares about these things. He cares very deeply about individuals, about human society. He wants society to work. And his way is the way, the only way, human society can truly flourish uh, and in which individuals are protected. And he wants us to trust Trust him. Trust that he will provide, that we don't need to take, that he will give, he will provide. So how are we doing with this commandment? How are you doing when it comes to this, this command? Don't let this be the main thing that you take from tonight's talk, but the opportunity to steal is all around us, all the time. Uh, we are surrounded by things we want but don't have, and it's probably way easier to get away with taking stuff than we realize. Um, reaching into someone's bag at church, um, taking something. Uh, you'd probably get away with that. Again, don't let that be the main thing you take away <laughs> from tonight. Um, but how, how are we doing with that, that kind of sort of obvious stealing? Um, that might be something that we are struggling with. It might be something that we've struggled with in the past. Um, shoplifting, that kind of example. Um, incidentally, Trina has a great story about accidentally shop, shoplifting that you should um, definitely ask her about afterwards. Um, but there are, there are less, less obvious forms of stealing um, that many of us can often struggle with or fall into without even realizing it. Um, or we do realize, but we kind, of, we kind of allow it. We allow ourselves um, to step over that line because it feels so sort of small and inconsequential. Watching live TV on any channel or watching iPlayer or watching any live stream on YouTube without a TV license is stealing. Using someone else's Netflix account or Amazon Prime or Disney Plus, um, obviously Netflix have cracked down on that recently, but doing that so on someone else's account 
um, apart from within certain parameters, is, is stealing. Copying someone else's work at school. Illegally downloading music or movies. Not using your uh, work time properly when you're on the clock at work. You know you're being, being paid um, for those hours, but, but you're taking breaks that are way too long and, and procrastinating and um, not doing the, the work that you're being paid for in the time that you've been given. Uh, buying products that, that we know are, were probably obtained unfairly. Living in, in a way that we know is harming the planet for future generations, taking from them. These are all forms of stealing, and there are obviously countless, countless more like that. And suddenly, this command comes a, a bit closer to home and starts to bite a little bit more. At least it definitely does for me. There will be small ways that we are all uh, breaking this command, or ways that we find it easy to break this command, we're tempted to. And these kind of ways, they, they feel like they're not hurting anyone. That's why it can be so easy. But with sin, that is never true. It is never, there's no such thing as a harmless sin. However small it is, we're either hurting ourselves, we're having some sort of negative impact on our own heart, um, and that builds up over time. Um, or there will be some sort of ripple effect, however small, but out into the world around us um, from the choice that we've made. So that, that's all in the category of stealing from people. Um, what about stealing from God? How are we doing with that? Stealing from God. The Bible says that everything, everything that exists is ultimately God's. Psalm 24, uh, verses 1 to 2. says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. The world and everything in it, including all the people in it, belongs to God because he made it, because he made us. And that includes all our possessions. That includes our bikes, our cars, our laptops, our phones, our houses. Uh, That includes the air that we breathe. That includes our bodies. It includes our time, our lives. Do Do we live in a way that recognizes that? Or do we live in a way that treats these things as if they were ultimately ours, ultimately ours, and fail to receive things with thankfulness or to steward them well or to use them for him, effectively, effectively taking them from him and for ourselves? We're all, we're all doing that all the time. It's, it's as if we've been invited over to a very generous friend's house for a week who has said, um, what's mine is yours. Just uh, take it. Enjoy. Enjoy. Um, but instead of remembering that actually these things ultimately belong to our, our friend, we, we just start using them as if, as if they were ours. We, and we trash them. Um, and when we leave, we take half of it with us. And we don't remember that actually this stuff isn't, isn't ultimately ours. It's been given and we can enjoy it, but it's not ultimately ours. We all struggle with that. None of us live rightly before God in in this area, in his world. We all fall into living as if God were not real. As if his command to steal uh, doesn't matter. As if 
as if he hasn't promised to provide, as if all things were not ultimately his. We live in this area as if God were out of the picture. But what difference does it make to, to this area in our lives if we, if we bring God back into the picture? How does that reorient things? What, what should we then do? What does it look like then to live, to live well? Firstly, the first thing that we need to do that flows out of that is repent. The first thing we've got to do is repent. The command is real. And if we are guilty of breaking it, of not trusting God, of not obeying him, of not loving our neighbor in this, in the way that we should, we need to repent. We need to come back to God. We need to acknowledge our fault, our guilt, and we need to tell him that we're sorry and that we want to change. And then we need to receive his grace. We need to receive his grace. Every single time we've taken something that wasn't ours from someone else in any form, God saw that. And he's aware of all the ways that we haven't lived recognizing that this world is his and that everything we have ultimately belongs to him. But when we turn back to him, no matter what we've taken or how many times or how recently, he says it's okay. Our father comes running, throws his arms around us, says, I forgive you. I still love you. You can't change that by what you do. That son in the story of the the, uh, prodigal son and the father who runs to him has has taken what was his father's and squandered it. Um, But still his father throws his arms around him. God is good at forgiving thieves. Uh, He's very good at forgiving thieves. Um, Zacchaeus, story of Zacchaeus, Uh, Zacchaeus was a a chief tax collector who had abused his position and cheated numerous people out of their money. But when Jesus walks underneath the tree that Zacchaeus has climbed and sees him watching, he says this um, from Luke 19. Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Or how about the thief on the cross? Uh, crucified next to Jesus in Luke 23. Uh, Jesus says to him, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. And actually we know that there were ex-thieves in the early church. Um, In the letter to the Ephesians, Paul writes this, anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. God forgives people who break his commandments. God forgives people who break any of the Ten Commandments, any of his laws. He seeks them out. He saves them because he loves them. 
So repent, receive his grace. Next, in, in the light of God's reality, uh, we can trust. We can trust him to meet all our needs. Jesus is so clear about that in Matthew 6. He says, look at the, look at the flowers, look how they're clothed. God did that, God provided. And look at the birds, look at, look at uh, the food that they eat. God, God does that, God provides the food that they need. You matter more than birds, you matter more than flowers, infinitely more to God. He will provide what you need. Jesus is so clear about that. He loves us and he loves to bless us. He's not stingy and he's promised to give us all that we need. So we never need to take. We can trust. And that means that, next, we can be open-handed. Uh, with, with all that God has chosen to give us, with all that he has blessed us with, um, we can be open-handed uh, with our things. If we know that ultimately everything belongs to him and not us, and that he will meet our needs, that means that we can be free and generous with our possessions, with everything that we have. We don't need to cling to them. We don't need to grasp them tightly. Uh, we can share with whoever needs them. And if we use our possessions like this um, and, and enjoy them, because God gives us things to enjoy, uh, then we can, we can be confident that we are using them in the way that he wants us to uh, for the purposes that he's given. The passage that was read earlier from Acts chapter 4. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there, was no need, there were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. This is an amazing picture of open-handed living. No one, no one in a church, no one around a church, should ever need to steal. Every need should be met. And the amazing thing is that as we live like that, uh, we are mirroring the God who loves us and has saved us. We're being like God. This, this is what God is like. Uh, he is the God who shares everything he's made with us. 1 Timothy 6, uh, chapter 6, verse 6, 17, says, Hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. And then Genesis 1, 28, God, uh, after God has made human beings, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. God makes everything and then immediately gives it to human beings and says, here, this is yours to look after on my behalf. He's the God who shares everything with us. He is the God also who gave up everything for us. 2 Corinthians 8 verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. Jesus had everything. And he chose to give it all away because we had nothing. In Jesus, God has given us everything. His love, his presence, his help, complete forgiveness, rescue from judgment, 
adoption into his family, eternal life. He's given us each other in the church. He's given us a new creation to come. Ephesians 1 verse 3, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. If this is what God is like, then we can trust that all the commands he gives are for our good and are given because he loves us. And so by listening to this command, you shall not steal, trying our best to obey, never to take anything that belongs to someone else. We're saying to him, I love you and I want to be like you and I trust that you are the God who loves me and will always provide what I need. I'm going to have a moment of quiet now, um, just for us individually to come to the Lord um, with whatever's been going on in our hearts. Uh, whatever he's been saying to us, a chance for us to uh, respond to him in whatever way we feel we need to. And then we're going to sing together um, a hymn and can it be um, that just rejoices in all that God has given us in Jesus. So let's take a few moments of quiet now.